Just the look of the call makes you so giddy to be an American duck hunter. Bring the beat back. Chad Belling back at you. Chad's an OG, but his call calling game ain't got nothing on me. Get him, boys. That's a duck. Hey, in this room, it's so hot in here, maybe I'll start to believe it myself. Welcome to the foul life. We merely exist in a duck's world. We train, breathe, and live by the migration. All of that goes into this crazy life of a duck hunter. We're steadfast, unwavering, the last of a breed. It is our right to hunt. I still believe it's a privilege, too. We are the foul life with Chad Velding. Proudly brought to you by Benelli, Bandit, Yukonuba, and Traeger. It's so foul, like birds and stuff. Damn straight, y'all. It's officially Duck and Goose season 2023-24. This season is going to be the best one ever. Make it the best one ever. It's got me fired up. I'm preparing for Canada. I'm so ready for this. And this is the Foul Life's Yukonuba Duck Dog Series. And we're going to be joined today by the one and only my good buddy from Mossy Pond Lodge and Retrievers in South Georgia, Brad Arrington. Here! Here! We're going to be talking about everything four-legged, our duck dogs, our sporting dogs, specific training tactics and commands, even the voice inflection that Brad uses and how we have to properly get Axel uh, used to my voice once we make that transition every October, proper canine health and nutrition, how to elevate a dog's performance, common mistakes trainers and dogs make, and the incredible benefit of feeding the Yukonuba premium performance diet. We believe in Yukonuba. They believe in the culture of the American hunter. We're all about making sure that our dogs are ready for the hunt each and every day, and most importantly, that they're happy and healthy. We're going to play a few words from our sponsors and pay the bills, and then we're going to return with my good buddy, Brad Arrington of Mossy Pond Lodge and Retrievers in just a moment. Please, everybody, if you like what you're listening to, please go on and give us a review. Talk about Brad's voice. Talk about me. Am I a good host? If I'm not, then tell me. I want to get better if you don't agree with my tactics, but please give us a review. They help us out, and it just takes a few moments it's easy on any of the podcast apps out there whatever platform you're listening to the foul life podcast on please go review it give us five stars or one star we want to learn from it we take it very serious we're going to be right back right here at the foul life podcast yukonuba duck dog series with the one and only brad errington it's the foul life's yukonuba duck dog series with chad belding and brad errington of mossy pond lodge and retrievers So that was very soft. He heard it. Back. So I'm going to try it right here. See, he didn't hear it. All right, there come the other ones. Chad and the duck dog whisperer, Brad Arrington, will retrieve pro training tips for all things canine after the break. And it's made possible by Bandit Brands and Mojo Outdoors. We have some unbelievable dogs. Axel, Slash, Duff, Izzy. Yeah, they're all named after the original lineup of Guns N' Roses. The greatest rock band of all time. And we feed them Yukonuba premium performance. This diet is amazing. You want to talk about a happy dog? You look at a bunch of duck hunters in Arkansas after the morning hunt and they go into Mr. Billy Bogey's breakfast at Prairie Wings. That's what these dogs look like. Their tongues are hanging out. I mean, they're panting. They're like, Mr. Billy Bogey, I got to have some of that fried bologna and those fried eggs. I got to have some of those grits and sausage and bacon. He doesn't cut corners and neither does Yukonuba. Our dogs are so happy. They're so healthy. They're so energetic. They're powerful. They're machine-like. It's amazing to see how these dogs perform with 
they're being fed right. And the science and dedication behind the Yukonuba diet is second to none. This is not just a passion project. This is something that we needed in this space. Our dogs deserved better and Yukonuba delivered for the duck dog, sporting dog, upland dog, pointer. It doesn't matter what kind of dog you own. Your dog is going to perform better and your dog is going to be happier eating a Yukonuba diet. The official dog food of the Fowl Life podcast and the Fowl Life TV. It's Yukonuba. Get you some today. Make sure that you transition it correctly, but I promise you, you're going to see different results. Their personality, their performance, it's unbelievable. Thank you all for supporting Yukonuba Premium Performance Dog Food. If you're tired of settling for second-rate gear that doesn't perform when it counts, look no further than Bandit, the ultimate choice for hunters and outdoor enthusiasts. From top-of-the-line hunting jackets to ultra-comfortable, meticulously crafted waders, Bandit has everything you need to take your outdoor game to the next level. Their gear and innovations are anything but average, designed to give you the edge you need to succeed. But it's not just their gear that makes Bandit stand out. Bandit accessories like their backpacks, blind bags, gun cases, and more are built to withstand anything the outdoors can throw at you. Head to Bandit.com and experience the difference for yourself. Choose Bandit and dominate the outdoors like never before. We're dropping an incoming diversion. Today on the Foul Life's Yukonuba Duck Dog Series with Chad Belding and Brad Harrington of Mossy Pond Lodge and Retrievers with a smarter way to train dogs. Have you seen Axel yet this morning? Yep. He is extremely well trained. Hunter, retriever champion, master hunter. Axel. This will be what you call an incoming diversion. Yep, incoming diversion. So we're going to let him get a bumper from the pile. Good boy. All right, there come the other ones. Look at his head. Look yep. at his head. Now he's, that's Good a smart, boy. That's a smart dog. Good. He's working that boy. Oh, he's marking He knows it. where he's going and next. And he wants to go get it. He knows where he's going next, though, right? That's right. Good boy. Had a man. The Foul Life's Yukonuba Duck Dog Series is brought to you by Yukonuba. Fuel your sporting dog with advanced nutrition designed for peak performance. Now heal, sit, and take notes as Chad Belding and Brad Arrington give the proven commands. Have you seen Axel yet this morning? Oh yeah. What was he doing? They've been um, pre-training for the for the grand, so they've they've had him out. Is the grand the toughest of all of these games that these dogs play? I think it's just as difficult. It's just different. I mean, it was based around the hunter. You know, you have to wear camouflage, and you know, from the get-go when we started this venture, that's what we were after—the best hunting dog possible, and that's why he's good at that game. He's one of our best. What makes him one of the best at that game? He's been trained for that more than anything in the world. I mean, he tracks birds well. He remembers multiples, um, four, five, six birds down. He tracks with the gun barrel. He's used to having to follow the gun and find the birds as opposed to all the other games. There is a noise device in the field that shows you where the bird comes from. With the grand and the uh, HRC events, there's no noise device. The bird just falls. You know, you do the noise device with a gun. Is he one of the dogs that we, we've talked about it before, Brad Arrington, that if he had a full season of training under your guys' tutelage at Mossy Pond, he would be at a different level in the other games as well. But we had to make a distinction between did we want – a hunt test dog? Do we want an SRS super retriever dog? Or did we want a dog that was going to be unstoppable as a hunter? And my question is a little bit more extended because you have other dogs that have achieved a lot as far as the SRS grand championship or the crown, they call it, and, and some of the other games, but they also are still great hunting dogs. 
What is the difference there if that question makes sense? Because Axel's an unbelievable hunting dog. He's designed and born and bred to, and trained to be a, a great dog in the grand. What is the difference there, if you will? Well, every dog's different, you know, um, just like you and I. I mean, um, some dogs perform better at the, the field trial style part of our training. Some perform better at the closer game. Um, they have smaller hunt patterns. Um, the field trial dogs, um, you know, they have more laser precise pinpoint marking at a greater distance. Some handle better on blinds at greater distance. Um, as far as Axel, you know, just like all of our competition dogs, the more they're in training for competitions, whether it's HRC, AKC hunt test, AKC field trials, or the Super Retriever Series, if we have them in training and we're training for that event, of course, they're going to be better if they train 12 months as opposed to training seven months and then, you know, being hunted five months out of the year. But do I have amazing hunting dogs that are amazing competition dogs? Well, Axel's one of them. I mean, he's a hunt retriever champion, master hunter, and he's done great at the hunt test sport, hunt test game, because that's what we've, since he was six weeks old, that's what we've designed him for. That's what he was bred for. The breeding was designed to get a dog for the foul life and for Chad Belding to have the best of the best for a hunting dog with all the circus of the cameras and all the people around camp and everything for him not to get rattled, keep the level head that his mom, Chloe, and his dad, Ranger, had to have that even kill and have those tight hunts on those multiple birds down. I mean, you get 9 a.m. on a duck hunt and you've got 10 people in the blind, you've already had, you know, 30 ducks that have fell on the decoys. When he, and then you shoot another volley of four or five, he needs to know exactly where those four or five are. Don't worry about the scent for the other 30 that he just picked up and make dang sure that he has small hunts um, on those four or five where he can find exactly where those birds are and not get off course when you start talking about multiple birds down brad when you say he remembers that almost seems impossible to me in some of the hunt scenarios that we put these dogs in and that's obviously why you have the commands and the handles and the the whistle and, and all of that but what do you mean when you say is in all of your experience and you've trained thousands of dogs and i and so let's just be specific thousands of labrador retrievers You've been around thousands of Labrador retrievers. What do you mean remembers? Because that almost seems impossible. You're telling me that a dog can sit steady, eyes to the sky, watch the flock finish. I say get them. Four guys stand up, three shells each. That's a potential of four times three. I'm not good at math. Twelve. In Georgia, I think it's like 15. So four times three, you got 12 shots going off. Seven ducks fall. A dog can remember seven ducks or maybe five out of the seven? They can mark multiple birds down better than humans can. They'll mark multiple birds down better than humans can, um, especially on depth and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, it's a team deal. You have a good handler that can help him on lining him up and remembering, you know, that helps as well. But yes, those dogs, um, a seasoned veteran dog like Axel that's been there, done it, um, and that's his job is to focus on those volleys coming in and knocking six, seven, eight down at one time. He knows that's his job to mark those birds down and then remember them. Yes, sir, 100%. When you come back and you say, where's your mark on that third or fourth one, and his head just locks in on one that you know is out there, 
you know that he remembers. I mean, he remember. okay, action. He goes and gets this one, comes back, where's your mark? Then he glues to this one. Then he goes and gets that one, where's your mark? And he starts pinpointing up to five, six, seven, eight times without a what we call as trainers bugging. When they start doing like this, when you ask them, that means they don't know. They're trying to figure it out. At that point, that's when we go into handling mode and we start handling them on a blind retrieve. But 100%, uh, a dog that's hunted two or three seasons, he can count to six, seven, eight, nine, and know exactly within a, a hula hoop or uh, a size of a car vehicle, that size of an area where each bird is, seven, eight, nine, ten birds, yes, sir. Is this genetics, Brad? There's human beings that have better genetics than others. You might be able to run faster than me, and no matter how much I practice, I may never be able to beat you. Some are blessed with a great singing voice. Some have to take thousands of hours of lessons. Genetically speaking, is it go back to the mom and dad, the sire and the bitch? Does it go back to that? when it comes to Axel being able to remember that many marks? It's a lot of variables, but um, does the mom and dad have a lot to do with it? I would say probably 50%, maybe 60, yes. I mean, the, the talent of marking, the eyesight, the the health, you know, the nose. I have some dogs that have too good of a nose. It, it gets them in trouble because they smell old falls. Um, to have the right nose, eyesight, intelligence, compliancy or is this dog going to work with me? Is he going to be compliant or is he going to be bullheaded and do his own thing? So, and that all comes from the siren dam when we breed these dogs to make sure that they're getting those best traits. So genetically a dog, 60% has it in his mind. What then does it go down to consistency and training and seeing this on an everyday basis that gets that dog in that mindset that, I got to watch all these birds. As soon as I see a flock coming in, I know now I have to register. Boom, 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 boom. And what you're saying, a hula hooped or a car size diameter of where that, that what we call the hunt zone might be. Is that called the hunt zone? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The fall area um, is what we call it in competition training. The fall area, they need to stay in that area and not leave that area, not vacate. And um, some dogs, the you know, the dogs that aren't compliant, they go to an area like that and then they just want to vacate and leave it. But how, how these dogs are brought up, the other 40% um, is everything. From the time they're six weeks old, how they start learning, how they understand that, um, that they're not alpha, but they're not passive as well. They, they have to work with you um, and have to, you know, when you help them, let them help you. But then at the same time, they also need to be bullheaded when they're fighting the weather elements and the cover and stuff like that. But use it in the – it's just just like a great football player. I, I coach a little football. I mean, a, a great football player, you want him tough and mean and um, to push through adversity and stuff out there on the field. But when you tell him to do something, you don't want him to fight or push on you. You want him to say, yes, sir, and do the task at hand. Same thing with a good dog. Do you think that at seven years old, Axel is in his prime – is he right now, or did we pass his prime? And I know that we've talked about prime before. Does that also depend on the dog? I tell everybody the glory years are seven, eight, and nine. Um, yes, as far as health, you know, if the dogs aren't taken care of, I mean, just like a, a car you don't take care of, it'll wear out. Um, but if the dogs, they're on the right nutrition, um, they're taken care of and doing the right things for their joints and everything, if, if you do the right thing and they're healthy, and their mind's sound, they haven't been, um, they've got adequate rest, they've got adequate um, nutrients, nutrition, 
Yes, seven, eight, and nine. Those are the glory years. Seven, eight, and nine. So, are there any new studies, Brad Arrington of Mossy Pond Lodge and Kennel and Retrievers, that say that dog years are different than the old analogy of seven years human wise so a dog that was one year old would be considered at the seven year old adolescence level right of a human being of a kid a dog that's two would be a young teenager a dog that's three would be just legally able to drink um another dog was four is 28 you're saying a dog seven that's 49 years old in human years if we apply the old analogy is that correct science in today's dog world or because it seems to me like maybe five years would be the multiplier to where a dog that's seven years old would be 35 in human years is this question making sense because 49 seems like a pretty old age for a human to be going into his or her prime it's off um you know i think a lot of people do that on account of when you when you die when you pass away um you know seven times ten you know 70 and that's around you know you know if they get on up there um older than that 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 kind of makes sense on when most humans die most dogs die around 12 or 13 but um we have a lot of year old dogs that do a lot of great things past finish test past master test and that'd be a seven year old so that that definitely doesn't work there and as far as actual being his prime at 49 i mean maybe mentally um it's kind of on the same page but far as physical um that's not at all i mean he runs as fast as he's ever ran um he's in shape as good as he ever um is so i mean not many 49 year olds are playing baseball football or basketball professionally so um I would say that's off. It's off. Okay. I've, I've always agreed with exactly what you said. It has to go when a dog passes away as in uh, accordance when human beings, you know, average of lifespan is. So at this time at the Mossy Pond Lodge, how can I word this? Because I don't even know this. When you go to football practice or you go to baseball practice, you might go from the strength and conditioning coach to the nutritionist, to the quarterback coach, okay? There's a different coach for a bunch of different things. Then you might go to the athletic trainer. You're going through all of this network, right? Is that the same in a network like Mossy Pond? Does Axel start in the morning with this trainer and then go to this trainer for this type of drill that that trainer specializes in? Or does he work solely and consistently and exclusively with the trainer that's going to be running him in the grand and handling him in the grand? Yes, very similar. And um, there's not many programs that are like us, but Ours is over the period of the dog's life. You know, we have a young dog trainer and then we have a transitional trainer um, in the middle, you know, hand signals and stuff. And then we have a, a finished style trainer that's putting polish on them, um, getting them fine tuned. And then we have um, competition trainers. And as far as what you asked, Lee Howard and Carter Turner, yes, they trade dogs back and forth a lot during the day. These finished dogs, these dogs that are competition style dogs, or um, finish style hunting dogs. They do that during the day. One of them may be running hand signals and, uh, and blinds, and some of them may be running marks. So yes, we do that a lot. Um, as far as if they're getting ready, and that works amazing for a hunting dog because we want that hunting dog to work for anybody. Um, but as far as um, you go into a competition, I like what I tell all my guys is a good four week transition. If Carter Turner is running um, Axel this weekend, I want him to have him at least four to six weeks before this competition, just where they're G and Hall, and you know, where they're exactly, I mean, every cue, every raised eyebrow that the dog does or 
if he raises his ears a certain way or which way is actually going to turn in the water when I blow the whistle, which way is he going to turn and cover? If he's coming up to a log, does he like to jump it at a, at a 45 or does he square it? How does he like to approach the water? Is he good at angling in water or does he like to square water? Does he like, if he going over points, does he like to square a 45? Does he like to shoulder the wind and fight? Does he, is he a dog that fights with the wind and ends up pushing into the wind or does he fade with the wind um, in the water? So um, my trainers, I want them to know them inside and out before they run them in a competition. You know, that's, that's how we make our living um, with results and, uh, that we, we definitely want to make sure we're on the same page with them. As you get closer to the grand, which is in is in October. Yes, sir. We run the. Um, it's coming up shortly. We run the. Um, we run the Super Retriever Series starting this week. Um, Lee and Carter loading up now. Actually, so will Axel go to Super Retriever Series, or he didn't qualify for that? He did not qualify for the crown, no, sir. Okay, so as you get closer to the grand, does it almost? Let's put it into a football analogy. Now, you don't hit as hard in practice you don't wear full pads you don't go as hard because you don't want to pull a hamstring going into the the game the first game of the season or the big game right so you kind of take it a little bit easier after you go through all of the the boot camp and the training and all of that is it the same for dogs do you kind of start to ease up on them a little bit the closer that it gets so they're not maybe as worn out as even though you probably can't wear one of these dogs out the way they go that's a little bit of a an exaggeration but um what is your mindset on that brad well i mean it's just like a like a football coach, you don't want to overtrain. You you can overthink it and overtrain, but every dog's different. Um, Axel is one that you just want to stay middle of the road. Um, we have a dog that um, Mo. He's a dog that you got to ride hard before a competition. You really got to stay after him. Um, we also have some dogs like Snow. Um, she's a yellow female. We want to give her a lot of praise, a lot of confidence, a lot of live birds before a competition where she's cracking that tail and really feeling good. So every guy's different. I mean, it's just like some of my linebackers, I ride their butts every play, but um, my, my DBs and my safety, I kind of, I kind of stay loose on them when they can run around and um, do their job back there. So um, um, every, every, every kid's different. Every, every dog's different. Do you like the idea of, of a all around hunting dog, and I know that you say every dog's different, but you personally, Brad Arrington, at this point in your career, do you want an, a hunting dog in the field, Missouri River, North Dakota, flooded timber, Arkansas, cornfield, Western Minnesota, doesn't matter what environment that dog's hunting in, doesn't matter if it's a remote sit, if it's a panel blind, a ground blind hunt, a water hunt, a dry land hunt, does not matter. What are you looking for personally as a dog owner at this point in your life if you had to choose? Do you want that high-powered test dog, or do you want a dog that's going to perform in every hunt scenario? Well, you know, it just depends on who you are and where you're at in life. When I was 25, I wanted the hottest dog there was. The, um, but a lot of there's a lot of misconception of what I call style. That means the dog runs hard, kicks gravel in your face misconception of style meaning that good that dog is talented um i've had a lot of dogs that have a lot of style but are no good um they can't mark don't have a good nose um and then i've had dogs that just kind of trot out there but they never set up a hunt they go and they they pick the bird up with their butt to you they never have to circle they never have to quarter they just go and 
put their nose on it every time and vice versa. I've had some hard charging dogs that, I mean, they may, they may make a loop at the bird, may make a circle, but you could throw a blanket over his back um, where he, where he hunted. You know, my preference at my age and how long I've been around it, I want a good steady Cadillac. I don't want a Lamborghini and I don't want a, a, a Datsun either. You know, I want a good steady um, Cadillac, plenty of motor, but um, four wheel drive, but I, I want it to be compliant and um, a gentleman's gun dog, but can do all the elements. But to find that, and I think this is what keeps me in the competitive nature, what I'm looking for is a unicorn. It doesn't exist. It, it's not out there. It's not a dog that can lay around the campfire and everybody walk by him and touch him on the head. And then the next morning he go bust ice and pick up birds. And then the next weekend you go run a, a national field trial and win, win a national or go to the super retriever series and, and, and wins it. I've had, you know, 20 to 50 in my career that are really, 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 really close to that. But I'm always looking for that unicorn that I, that I still haven't found. Every puppy I get, is this the one? Is this the one I dream of? Is this going to be the one? I would say as far as what you're talking about, about that high power, the one that really is just jacked up, kicks his rock, kicks rocks in your eyes, no, that's not the guy. When I was 25, I thought it was, but it's not. But I also don't want a slug or a pig walking to the bird. So it, it's right there on the – if if you gauge those on the high charger dog at a 10 and the slug at a one, I'd say I'd like a seven, seven and a half, eight. Um, my mentor used to say, he said, Brad, we want a B plus dog. Uh, that A plus dog, um, you know, they're going to miss and then they're not going to know how to recover when they miss. We want that B plus dog that misses some, but knows how to recover, knows how to bail itself out. And, um, those dogs seem to win and do better in the field than the next guy. Can you imagine the knowledge this man has? That's why we keep having consistently Brad Arrington, Mossy Pond Lodge, Mossy Pond Retrievers on the Foul Life podcast, the Yukonuba Duck Dog Series. We're going to be right back with more from my favorite dog trainer in the country, Brad Arrington, but we're going to pay some bills, listen to these words from our partners and sponsors, and then we're going to get into a little bit of a story that I think might make my good buddy Brad Arrington giggle a little bit. We'll be right back with more of the Foul Life Duck Dogs Yukonuba podcast in a second. Good boy. Don't miss the importance of duck dog health, nutrition, rest, obedience, and grand retrieves on this episode of the Foul Life's Yukonuba Duck Dog Series with Chad Belding and Brad Arrington of Mossy Pond Lodge and Retrievers. Be sure to stream it on SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, thefowllife.com, or your preferred streaming platform. Hunt hard. I think lighting is everything. I don't like being in the dark. I don't even like secrets being told. That's kind of keeping you in the dark, isn't it? I don't like setting up decoys in the dark. I don't like looking for anything in the dark. Turn your headlights and drive down the street. Obviously, it's impossible. Lighting is everything. A well-lit room, a well-lit hunt. They make your decoys look better when that sun's shining on them. Mallards perform different, and we perform better and differently when we have our rigid light bars, all of the rigid lights on our trailer, when we can see what we are doing, setting up our blinds, concealing our blinds, setting up our spread, exact distance from a fence or a tree line that we want to be. When you can brighten 
brighten up the night, brighten up those early mornings. I'm telling you, it makes your hunting success go way up. The odds are in your favor when you put Rigid on your trucks, in your bumpers, in your light bars. Check them out at rigidindustries.com. I can't say enough about their LED technology. It is the best. It's often imitated, but never duplicated. I know you've heard that before, but there is nothing like Rigid Lights. R-I-G-I-D. You'll find them on all of our Corning Ford Fords, all of our rigs, all of our trailers, on the noses, on the sides, on the back door. When we turn on our lights on our trucks and trailers, we ignite the field and we ignite the hunt. And that's exactly what Rigid Industry does. It ignites our passion for the outdoors. The official LED light bar and lights of the Foul Life podcast and Benelli's The Foul Life TV. See them in action right now, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Brand new episode, season 15 of Benelli's The Foul Life. Thank you so much, Rigid, and thank you all for supporting the brands and partners that support us. Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and perform its best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. The Foul Life's Yukonuba Duck Dog Series with Chad Belding and Brad Arrington of Mossy Pond Lodge and Retrievers continues the infield duck dog training drills. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, look at that dog. He never took his eyes off that diversion no. bird. No. And he never went to get it. That's right. He brought the cripple back. Excellent. Good. Here. Sit. Dead. The Foul Life's Yukonuba Duck Dog Series is brought to you in part by Yukonuba, Lethal Products, Benelli, and Gator Coolers. Let's rejoin the boys. Brad, listen to the story real quick. You're going to love this, I think. Um, I'm in New York last week, up where you used to train a little bit. I'm up uh, north of Syracuse, and my buddy Nick up there has his dog out there. His name's Hobbs. Cool-looking black lab, little black lab, just steady and picks him up. Good dog. And he gets away from Nick a little bit, and I'm picking up another goose that I saw fall over here, and I hear, Here! Here And I looked at Nick and I asked him straight up. I go, where was that dog trained at? He said, Louisiana. I said, oh, my gosh. It was the f- <laughs> I knew it would make you giggle because I was like. They speak the same language. Yeah, it's like that. that I, I, then I told him, I said, dude, when Brad would bring me Axel in the very beginning, it would take a couple days for Axel, and it, it still does, <laughs> to get used to my dialect because I don't have the, that deep southern I mean, what do you call that? I don't I don't think it's how normal people talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it, it made me dogs understand. Yeah, the dogs understand. And if I go, I go, what would happen if you just go here? He goes, he won't listen. <laughs> he won't listen to me. And that is absolutely funny to me because of all the years with you bringing coming out here and bringing Axel up here for you can do, but training tips on the video or whatever, it was always a, a standing joke with us. So where are you? Let's talk about trainers for a second. Like is Carter considered one of the hottest trainers in the country right now? Like, didn't he have like some of the top dogs in SRS all season? This is um, Carter. I mean, he's ran hunt tests for me and ran some national events just last year, the Grand Master Nationals. And, but this is basically Carter's rookie year. Um, he apprenticed with me for two years. Um, he's been a professional trainer for five. He is one of the hardest working young men in the game. Um, I, I can't – I know everybody in the game. I've been around them. 
Um, I, I I don't know anybody that will outwork him. He, he he works as hard as any human being I've ever met. And he always used to ask me when he apprenticed, he said, what does it take? And I said, you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to have the most knowledge. I said, you have to outwork everybody. You just have to grind. Um, at 5 a.m., you have to be at the kennel. You have to air the dogs, take care of the dogs, love them up like a good coach would, get them on the truck, be at the field when it cracks daylight, work all day, all the way till dark. Don't take lunch breaks. Take your vine as you pack your crackers out in the field. When it gets dark, go put them up, love them up that night, pet them in the air and yard, pet them when you put them in their kennel, feed them, do the same thing the next day and grind day in and day out and you'll beat them. And I tell that to everybody and nobody's followed suit but Carter Turner. Um, he has the number one, number two, and number three dog in the country of the handler dog team of the year. Um, he got first, second, and third with Shooter. Um, with Cappy and with Smack, first, second, and third. Um, couldn't be more proud of Carter. This is his rookie year. And to answer your question, if you go by results, he is the best in the country. All those three dogs that you just named, would you say Cappy, Smack, and who? Shooter is number one. Yeah. Shooter, Cappy, and Smack. Do they all are they all on the Yukonuba diet? One hundred percent. All two hundred dogs at Mossypon are. How many dogs? We train around uh, um, 140, 130, 140, and then we have roughly 60 or 70 in um, for our outfitter program, our bird dogs, our English pointers, German short hairs, um, and then our, our setters, and then our um, labs that we that we uh, duck hunt with. So we have roughly 200 dogs on the property that are all on Yukonuba. Good freaking night. Are there other places in the country that have that many dogs at one general central location? I think some more of these hunting operations probably do. Yes, sir. There's not many big training operations and hunting operations combined on one property, but um, I'm sure there's someplace out there. So when you talk about your hunting operation, these dogs are easily the most important part of it. Obviously, there's a ton of work that goes into preseason, not even talking about dog training, and I'm talking about getting the place ready for hunting, whether it's the quail, the upland, the the wild pigs, the duck hunting. Um, there's turkey hunting at Mossy Pond. There's a lot of options that you can get through the Mossy Pond Lodge and their outfitting program. Um, these dogs are easily the soul of this part of the operation. This is what this operation was built for, right? That's all it is. I mean, that's what I get up every morning for dogs. Um, a lot of people say they're animal lovers, they're dog lovers, but I'm, I'm, I'm nuts about them. And, you know, sometimes my personality comes across hard or um, tough. You know, we're in business. We got we to gotta make tough decisions. We got to make tough decisions for their dogs. But, um, you know, just like I keep referring back to football, your toughest coaches out there, they're tough, but they love you up at the end, right? Um, you, you know they got your back. You know that they love you. Um, and that's what I want to be and my team of trainers be for our dogs out here. Every dog on the property is wagging his tail when he comes up to Brad Arrington and um, knows that I want to pat him on the head and tell him he's a good boy. But um, also when I ask him or her to do something in the field, they better get after it and give everything they got. So, um Yes, we, we love it. That's what the whole operation, it is a dog paradise, a dog playground. Every element, every piece, every part of the puzzle that builds Mossy Pond Lodge, Mossy Pond Outfitters, and Mossy Pond Retrievers is built 
around a four-legged animal. When you start talking specifically of the outfitting program, I want to make sure that we don't pass right over when we're talking about how important the dogs are to this. This is a dog business, right? This is clients can come out and watch their dogs in a real hunting scenario with ducks coming in, pointing at quail, retrieving, flushing, everything that goes in, hand signals, marking, everything that they've been working on. Now it's almost like father-daughter time at, at the university day or father-son time at the university. The parents get to go or parent week and they get to go hang out, put the camouflage on, and it's a real hunt that's right there on the grounds, right out of the Mossy Pond Lodge. Dog comes out of the same kennel that it does every morning when it's just training. Now it goes straight into a hunting scenario. But you're also saying that you have a, a slot of dogs, 60 of them specifically, you said, that are actually hunting dogs that might go out with just regular clients that aren't the dog of a training client. Is this correct? Yes. So every piece of our, our quail operation, um, we have different courses. So we have the plantation style pine trees in South Georgia. We have um, dwarf sorghum, which is sorghum fields that only come up about waist high where we can see our dogs better that imitate Kansas or Nebraska. When you go to our duck swamps, we got standing timber, we got flooded cornfields, we got pit blinds, skid blinds, layouts in our field, um, corn feeding, dry field mallards that we're doing this year. Every piece of it is to have that experience with that dog owner when he comes and picks up his dog that he can go on that hunt with a professional mossy pond trainer to assist you in the do's and don'ts. When you mess up, we're there to help you and assist you. If your dog messes up, we're there to show you how to correct that dog, but don't lose attitude. Don't kill your dog's attitude. Don't lose style. This is how you do it. This is not how you do it. To keep that dog and that handler, that team, um, the best they can be. Um, this all went back to about 13, 14 years ago. I came up with this idea. Uh, orthodontist called me about um, a visit that I had with him, and he followed up about a month later. I got home and started scratching my head. I said, I've never had a doctor call me and see how I was doing a month later. And he says he does it every Friday with all his customers. So I, I said, you know what, I'm going I'm to sit down for an hour and I'm going to follow up with all my customers. Well, after I started talking to them, they were nice. They were happy with the product. But either one or two things, they weren't properly, they didn't spend enough time with me learning how to operate the dog, or they didn't have the adequate place to go and train or to go and hunt, or they didn't have a, a farm to hunt or a friend to invite them. So I said, well, these dogs can't be the best of the best if I don't provide that for them. So we started off slow with providing a place where they can come and hunt and I can take my customers and show them how to hunt. We built the lodge where customers, when they come to do the handoff and come to pick up their dog, that they would stay two and three and four nights with us instead of just spending a couple hours out in the field and then taking the dog home with a crash course. And then fast forward seven, eight, 10 years later, and I start making these phone calls and everybody says the dog's perfect in the field. It doesn't matter if we hunt, if we don't go hunting for six months, then when we go, the dog's great. And this really ramped up the performance of my team, meaning my client, the customer, the handler, and the dog. And now fast forward to now that you know, we can sleep 40 people um, at any given time. We can take over 70 duck hunters out at any given time, take um, up to 40 pheasant hunters on pheasant courses out. So that means 
at any time, there's probably from 30 to 60 dogs between October 1 and March 30th picking up live feathers in the field um, for six months out of the season. Is there any downfall to this style of program? I'm trying to think like there's just no negatives to this. This is absolutely relating it back to athletics again this is or let's go let's just relate it to music what if your son or daughter in the band and they get to go play in a symphony or a real live rock band or something as their graduation or as their final test or their thesis like these dogs are are going into a real life scenario with a trainer that's going to be by your side to where you can see that trainer's mechanics his personality his voice and his voice or her voice inflections, hand signals, how they treat the dog. You don't have to, you might not have to say the name loud and aggressive, which I tend to do sometimes. You might just be able to axle. Like you get to pick up on all those idiosyncrasies, I think they call them, that, that you can take away from that, taking notes in your iPhone or whatever you take notes on to where when now a month later, when you take that dog to Alberta or North Dakota, Devil's Lake, and those mallards come in, now you're like, oh, wait. Brad did this. Carter said this. Lee did this. And now it becomes second fiddle, right? Just bam. And that's the ultimate goal. When Axel comes home, you know, and you're you're hunting wherever you're hunting, Axel's seen it. He's done it. Not just in the training field. He's hunted with me. He's he's picked up. I mean, I know y'all y'all've picked up a, a gazillion birds with him, but just right here at Mossy Pond, just in his training format getting in the boat, riding out to the blind, getting in the blind, killing 15, 20 over him daily. I mean, if he messes up, it's on him. It's definitely not on me and you and uh, the handler. But, um, you know, most of the time these dogs, they want to please so much. If, if you give them the right training and the right atmosphere like we do here, they rarely fail us. Let's talk about rest for a second, Brad. And I want to touch on it as we go in to the 2023-24 season. You just used the word, they never fail us. How can we fail our dogs rest-wise? An athlete, a bodybuilder, a UFC fighter just came onto the podcast and was talking about how every four or five weeks, he needs six, seven days of pure rest to let his body get back to where it needs to be. Maintenance. What about dogs? How important is rest? And how many hours of sleep does an adult dog get? I know puppies sleep a ton. That's all they do. But talk to me a little bit about how important the rest period is. Good rest. Is it just putting him into a kennel and letting him sleep on his own? Do we have to put him on a soft bed in a warm office? Like, How important is that rest period for a, a duck dog? Well, it's a bunch of variables. You know, the number one part of it, and this is going to sound like a hard sell, but it's it's a fact. It's the truth. Um, you can walk through my kennels. I mean, nutrition is everything. And um, what you can do but does for us, I mean, um, I've never seen it with any other dog food. I, I've fed everything under the sun. If there is a dog food out there, Brad Arrington has tried it. Whether people have known about it, um, my sponsors, Yukonuba, my other dog food sponsors know about it. I have tried everything to – Try to see if there's something out there. But Yukonuba, they've got it figured out. The dogs feel good. They can work more hours, more consistent day after day, day in and day out on the, the right nutrition. And that, just like a professional athlete, if they're eating and drinking properly, getting the right rest, they can perform better. Um, as far as the rest part goes, um, another thing that goes huge into this, the 
adequate amount of water intake. Um, we, we feed that we always have water accessible to our dogs, but we also put water in the kibble. This makes the dog where we know for a fact that he ingests that and takes in that water. So we normally feed two, maybe three times a day, depending on the dog. We're gonna put four to six to eight ounces of water in that kibble to make sure he takes that water. Um, it's just like you and I, if we don't have enough water, we get a headache, we don't feel as good, we don't have as much energy. But with the right nutrition, being hydrated for that skin and coat and the eyes, um, everything about you, your nails, your, your, everything works better when you're hydrated and have the right nutrients. And then as far as the rest, you know, if you're doing all those things right, you don't require as much rest. The dog doesn't require as much rest. We do um, do one thing on the property. I like one day a week, and this is mainly for mental um, and not physical. You go back to the science of a dog. Uh, a dog, he is used to hunting seven days a week, 365. So as far as taking a day off physically, I think they can keep going. But mentally, um, especially the dogs in training, I like one day off a week. Um, Sunday is our day here. Um, if the dogs are going to a competition during the weekend, we give them that Monday. So Sunday and Monday are basically the only two options here at Mossy Pond that we give a day off. But I want mental rest on one of those days. And then as far as um, your question, scientists say dogs sleep 18 hours a day, you know, and we work 10 and 12 hours a day. But these dogs, when we when they come in, we, we tie them out on chains next to the um, trailer. Uh, they get some good rest then. I mean, they'll be snoring while we're working. They're used to this, so they're not distracted. Um, inside the dog trucks, we have fans and blowers in there. They sleep good in there. And then in our kennels, you know, climate control kennels, they, they sleep good in there. You know, I know from 9 or 10 p.m. till 5 a.m. that they're getting a, a, a good, solid night's rest. That's going to give them eight, eight or 10 hours there. But then throughout the day, they're, they're getting good, hardcore, solid naps. As far as physical, if they're on the right nutrition and getting the right water intake, I don't see a dog just getting run down with overworked. I mean, and some dogs are different than others. There are some that are more lazy and, you know, we might only work. There, there was a dog that I used to do great with, Dutch. He's a big chocolate male. And um, uh, this is not discrediting him because he won a lot of trials with me, did a lot of great things, ran the SRS, um, was a qualifier, um, hunting retriever champion, master hunter, master national hunter, got some plates of the national with me. But that dog, I mean, if you worked, he only got worked about four times a week. And it was just his personality. And reading dogs is the difference in a great trainer and a good trainer. I mean, this is not a cookie cutter deal. I mean, some dogs require more rest than others, but nutrition, water intake, they do have to get some good rest. And the good quality rest depends on where they're resting. So I think that's extremely important. And um, mental is something I had to learn over the last 21 years. They do need a mental break with dogs pushing this hard. They need a day to just not think or a day just to, to go run, be a dog, and, and I'm talking about the dog that's in training six days a week. I'm not talking about the dog at home. Um, if anything, the dogs at home have anxiety built up because you don't work them enough. I agree with that 100%. And that's easy to spot when you're around dogs a lot. That anxiety they get. They just want to please. They want to perform. They want to, they can wake up from a deep sleep and, and just 
go at it. Like there's not a human being in the world that can sleep eight hours and get tapped on the shoulder and wake up and be like, yeah, I'll go sprint 50 yards and grab a duck and freeze an ass cold water. It just doesn't <laughs> happen that way. It's dogs, duck, duck, dog. I mean, all dogs, all sporting dogs are just amazing, amazing animal. Brad, that's awesome. Let's end it by talking about your crystal ball. Axel's training right now. Does he get his grand pass? Oh, that's tough. He's definitely prepared um, on our end. Um, he's prepared on your end. He, he's done the work. He doesn't – he's not fighting the work. He's being very compliant. He's – as a young dog, um, sometimes his compliance level wasn't as high as I would like. But now with maturity, um, he's being very compliant. Um, he gets three or four lessons a day and loves the work, always cracking the tail, looking up at me with his eyes and wanting to please, wanting to work, wanting to do the – work he enjoys the work i think is if he's ever been ready um he's ready now we've had him for several months uh, away from the foul life road show him being on the road so i mean I, I think we've had adequate amount of time we just i think he's got a great shot um carter turner there's nobody in the country going to work harder and work better than him i think he's got the best handler in the country he's everything the stars were lined up for him but that game is rough. Um, I mean, it, it's got a, from a 15% to a 28, 30% pass rate every year with the best of the best hunting dogs in the country, with the best handlers in the country um, guiding and leading them. So anything could happen. He could get knocked off in the first series, or um, he could go through the whole thing with uh, perfect scores. I, he's definitely prepared. I have no guilty conscience, nothing in my heart that says I haven't done my job. My team hasn't done my job. Axel hasn't lived up to it and wanted to work and been compliant enough for us as um, trainers. So I think we're ready. You've heard it from the man, Brad Arrington, Mossy Pond Lodge, Mossy Pond Retrievers on Instagram at Mossy Pond Lodge. Book a hunt, get your dog to training, feed you canuba. This has been another awesome episode of the Foul Life Podcast, Yukonuba Duck Dog Series with the great Brad Arrington. Brad, before we leave, give me a couple sound drops so the audience knows. Here. All right. And then if you say it one more time. Here. Here. Okay. Now do uh, back. Back. And Axel. Axel. See, he's got that inflection. Axel. Axel. That makes him run faster, Chad. Say Axel one more time. Axel. See, he's got it down. You got this means a lot. I'm telling you, you don't have to be too aggressive. It's the inflection in your voice. Thank you, Brad Arrington. Thank you, Team NPR. Mossy Pond Lodge, book your hunt. Get with the best dogs in the world and get on the best nutrition plan in the world. You can noob a premium performance. The diet speaks for itself. The happiest dogs, the hardest working dogs on earth. And Brad's kennel is absolutely living proof of that. Good luck to Bandit's Axel Rose. That's his certificate name, his legal name. Axel, A-X-L, named after the best lead singer frontman, Axel Rose, of the greatest rock band in the history of the world, Guns N' Roses, from Hollywood, California. I'm Chad Belding for my good friend Brad Arrington. Thank you for listening to another episode of Yukonuba's Duck Dog Podcast. We'll be back at you with more exciting episodes soon. In the meantime, stay safe out in the field. Take care of your dogs. Hug them. Watch them perform. Give them everything they need to be successful on a daily basis. Hug your kids, your family. Show that love every single day and have a great and safe 2023-24 duck and goose season. I'm fired up. I'll see you all very soon for another episode of the Foul Eye Podcast. The Fowler Life. How many birds in this area moved out? Can't kill them on the couch. How many new birds took their place? The Benellis were barking, don't get me wrong. You're listening to The Fowler Life. Chad Belding! Live it. 
Hey everybody, it's Chad Belling with the Foul Eye Podcast. I'm so excited to announce the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes. From August 1st through October 31st, 2023, go to shoot-on.com. Again, that is shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness for your chance to be entered to win over $15,000 in prizes, including a collection of Benelli Super Black Eagle 3s and 3.5 inch 12 gauge, 3 inch 20 gauge and the new 28 gauge all decked out in the new Realtree Max 7 camouflage pattern. Also included is a $4,000 online shopping spree from our friends at Banded, Greenhead Gear, and Avery Outdoors, plus three cases of ammo for each of the SBE3s from Federal Premium and a pair of Wing Shooter Alpha Shield hearing protection that are valued at over $1,400 a pair. It's the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes brought to you by our friends at Banded and Federal Premium Ammunition from August 1st to October 31st. Again, go to shoot on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness to be entered to win that $15,000 in prizes. I'm Chad Belding. Good luck to everybody. Vision. I just had a lens retraction surgery last year. It's pretty much like cataracts that you're going to get in your 60s, 70s. Everybody's going to get it. Once you get it, your vision is there. It's never changing. Artificial lenses. I had it at 40s and I'm telling you with what I do with duck hunting and scouting and watching my daughter grow up, I'm just so thankful that I'm back to 2015 in my right eye and 2020 in my left eye thanks to Dr. Matt Mills who you've all heard on our podcast. But I want to protect my eyes and that's exactly where one of our badass partners comes in. Oh, Oakley, Oakley eyewear, the Oakley culture, the Oakley lifestyle. Protect your vision when you're shooting, when you're fishing. Nothing worse than getting a hook in the eye with somebody casting on the same boat. You just can't take it for granted. The damage the sun can cause, the rays, the UV, just keeping the dust and the dirt out of your eyes. Just everything during a hunt, pit blind, boat blind. It doesn't matter, sun up. They make different lenses for different skies. They're sold all over the world and they support the military and the blue line and conservation and hunting and fishing in the outdoors and living off the land. And we never hunt without our Oakleys. Everybody's like, why you always got your sunglasses on? Shouldn't be wearing sunglasses. You probably shouldn't in turkey hunting. I don't wear them in turkey hunting because of the vision of a turkey and the reflection. But when I'm shooting trap range or the sporting clays or the skeet or the five stand, or I'm in a duck hunt or a goose hunt, I have my Oakleys with me at all time. I put them in my banded backpack. I have them in an Oakley hard case. I keep them protected. The prism lenses, everything that goes in to the technology behind the Oakley brand and the frames, the function of them, all of the different lenses that you can get, like I mentioned, and the way they protect our eyes. The prism lens technology is second to none. You got to get a pair of Oakleys. I know there's a lot of choices out there when you want to protect your eyes, but remember, please support the brands that support this lifestyle. Oakley, the official eyewear of the Foul Life TV, the Foul Life podcast, and everything we do here at the provider and where the pavement ends. Thank you so much for supporting. Oakley. The Fowl Life. Okay, since this podcast, Carter just won. You heard us talking about Carter on the podcast. He just won Team of the Year at Super Retriever Series. He just won the Crown Championship. Congratulations, Brad, Lee, Carter, everybody at Mossy Pond Lodge and Retrievers in South Georgia. They just won the SRS 2023 crown championship super retriever series thank you shannon nardi thank you yukanuba for being the title sponsor of srs what a conversation thank you brad for being on the foul life podcast yukanuba duck dog series we 
are not going to stop here. Brad's coming on a bunch more this fall. He's going to join us in camp. We'll be coming at you live. Don't forget to check out the Yukonuba Duck Dog training tips on brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We want you to be prepared. We want your dogs to be prepared. Again, we want them healthy, happy. Get you some Yukonuba. Make sure you know how to transition your diet. This food is absolutely next level. Brad is a true testament of how good Yukonuba is and Carter and the results and his trainers and Lee and everything that they are achieving at Mossy Pond is a direct testament of how good Brad Arrington and the leadership down at Mossy Pond is. It starts with the dog, starts with the trainer, and it starts with the food. I'm glad y'all were here to listen to that. Thank you, Brad Arrington. I'm fired up. Thank you, Benelli. Thank you, Federal. Thank you, Hyvis. Thank you, Rob Roberts, Banded, Avery, Mojo, Realtree, Corning Ford, Lear Toppers, Bad Boy Mowers. I can go on and on. Vortex Optics. I can't name them all, but please continue to support the partners and sponsors that support us here at the Foul Life Yukonuba Duck dog series you can find out more at the please give us a review on this episode i'm chad belding for brad errington at mossy pond retrievers and lodge i appreciate you listening we'll talk to you all soon